From the Financial Times in London, I'm Ravi Mathu, and this is FT News. Apple is set for a massive tax windfall. A Financial Times analysis has found that the world's most valuable company will see $47 billion slashed from its expected tax liability if Republicans succeed in pushing through their current tax plans. Joining me to discuss this story from San Francisco are Richard Waters, the FT's West Coast editor, and Tom Braithwaite, one of the FT's Lex columnists, who broke the story. Richard, let me start with you. $47 billion is one heck of a big number. Tell us how you came up with this. As we know, everything with Apple is a big number. But I think in anybody's currency, $47 billion is a heck of a big saving. So there are two key numbers to bear in mind here. One is Apple's calculation of what it would pay the US if it brought all its overseas earnings, all its foreign cash back to the US under current laws. And it essentially says $78 billion. That's the tax bill it would face. Now, Apple hasn't brought that money back because like all US companies with large foreign earnings, they've just preferred to leave it offshore where it isn't taxed, waiting for some kind of deal, which is now what we have. So that's the 78 billion potential liability. On the other hand, we have the actual tax that Apple will pay if the current versions of the Senate and House bills go through. And they're fairly close now on this point. And we've done some calculations. We've talked to one or two experts like Richard Harvey at Villanova, who has testified before the Senate on Apple taxes. So he spent a lot of time with this company. And you know, essentially, the tax bill that Apple will have to pay if this bill passes is around $31 billion. So a massive tax liability will crystallize. They'll have to pay that bill in cash. But what they'll avoid at the same time is this potential liability of $78 billion. So the difference is vast. It's slightly apples and oranges to compare these two. But on the other hand, you know, I think we can safely say this is a real saving to this company. And it's a very big number. Now, Tom, this is, comes in a context of politicians in the US, Donald Trump in particular, saying that lots of big companies who park their cash and investments overseas should bring them back home to the US. Now, Apple, according to your story, has about $252 billion in cash and investment overseas, which is, again, another whopping big number, as you say, Richard. They've long argued for a special deal as part of a move to bring some of that back to the US. Presumably, they should be pretty pleased with this outcome. Yeah. On the other hand, 14% is a lot higher than Donald Trump himself was promising earlier in the campaign. He talked about a 10% rate to entice companies to bring this money home. So it depends on which way you look at it. Yes, they're saving a lot of money. On the other hand, at one point, they would have expected to save a lot more. Right. So in terms of Apple's response, and again, we can probably look at other companies. Microsoft, I think, is the second biggest, and they have $132 billion overseas, which is a fair bit lower than Apple, obviously, but still a big chunk of money. Will they be looking at these new measures as the kind of thing that would definitely encourage them to bring their overseas holdings back? I think they're going to be taxed on it one way or another. So as part of the deal, essentially, it imposes the tax on their foreign earnings. So yes, they're going to bring almost all of it back. In Apple's case, there is a portion of the money, about 16 or $17 billion, which is going to be held in escrow to deal with the European Commission, which accuses them of paying insufficient tax in Ireland. So that can't come home for the time being. The rest of it will come back. And then the question is, what will they do with it? It seems pretty clear it's going to go on share buybacks. That's what the chief financial officer has told investors on repeated conference calls and company presentations. So I don't expect that we're going to be seeing this $250 billion 
less taxes being invested in iPhone factories in Indiana or something like that, but we'll see. One of the experts you spoke to during the covering of the story said that you know, Apple was quite smart in that it made provision for a potential tax bill, setting aside some money to reflect its potential taxes. Can you walk us through a little bit about how much they might have put aside, but also whether they're exceptional in this regard? Were they ahead of their peers? Yeah, to Apple's credit, they both reserve more cash to set against taxes on this pile of cash, and they, they're fairly precise about what they would owe. That's not true of other companies. If you take Alphabet, for example, the Google parent, they have not made provisions against taxes and say it's too hard for us to calculate, essentially, and that's the standard position for other tech companies. So, yeah, I mean, Apple deserves some credit there. But what it does mean is that they've put aside $36 billion against future taxes on this pile. Almost certainly the actual bill will be significantly less than that. So they're going to record a one-time profit in their accounts just from the fact that the actual tax they will pay is less than they've already stashed away. Also, in stashing that money away over the years, it raised the effective tax rate, which is what they like to point to. They say we've got this high effective tax rate compared with other companies of 24.6%. Well, that is true, but it's manufactured by the fact that Apple has made this provision over the years that other companies have not done. So the actual cash rate they've paid is far lower. Richard, let me come back to you. This plan is currently working its way through the U.S. Congress. Pitch us forward a little bit. This cash comes back, but what are the further longer-term implications for how these companies deal with their overseas money and their tax liabilities? So the one-off effect, which is very much what we're writing about here, is going to be absolutely massive. You know, U.S. companies have got $1.3 to $1.5 trillion sitting offshore And essentially, as Tom said, you know, there's no reason once this is all taxed at this much lower rate for them to leave it there. So this is a vast amount of money that'll come back and it'll be a big receipt for the US Treasury and a big benefit to those companies. So we're very much focused on that. But we should also be looking forward at this point because Apple is getting something much, much better in a way than even this $47 billion we're talking about. That is, and like all companies, it will in future face a 20% rate in the U.S. But very importantly, the U.S. is planning to adopt a territorial tax system, which means unlike the existing system, Apple won't be taxed in the U.S. on its worldwide earnings. So its foreign earnings, given one or two tax avoidance measures to take into effect, but basically its foreign earnings will only be taxed overseas. And as we've seen with this and other big tech companies, it's been incredibly effective at its tax planning in channeling those earnings through relatively low tax areas. And so, you know, we estimate that maybe it's paid 7.5% on its foreign earnings in the past. If it can maintain that going forward, and that's a big if because they're obviously under attack in various jurisdictions, but if it can maintain that, you know, this means that they will be looking at a much, much lower worldwide tax rate in future. Finally, Richard, can you give us a view, maybe from the value more generally, a lot of big tech companies and their CEOs have been pretty public in their unhappiness with the Trump administration. Given the potential windfalls we're talking about here, will they see this as a success, as a positive outcome, and something which might color a little bit of their opinion, at least in business terms, vis-a-vis the current administration? 
Well, I think the leaders of the big tech companies have been extremely measured in their response to the Trump administration. And they've been very careful to limit any criticisms to very specific issues. So they haven't taken issue with the man or the administration, they've taken issue with the policies. And I think quite rightly, they've gone to war on policies that they consider to be a threat to their businesses and their employees. And so obviously, most directly, this has involved the travel ban that now looks like it may be coming into force in some shape. So they've been vehemently opposed to that. Obviously, on issues of tax and regulation, specifically tax, they've got much to be thankful for. No CEOs are standing up in the street celebrating, obviously, and not right now because this hasn't even passed into law. And we should stress, by the way, that it's not only the details of this that have to be resolved and concluded. Also, you know, we don't even know whether the Republican tax reform in its current shape will get through. But they will definitely be pleased about this. They definitely won't be standing up and telling us that, though. As you said, Richard, at the beginning, every number with Apple is a big number. I'm pretty sure we'll be uh, following this closely in the months to come. Thanks so much, Richard Waters and Tom Braithwaite in San Francisco. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.